listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. We're back. Hello, everybody. Welcome to season three of the Splash Podcast. Wow. I know. I'm Shalene Bryan and joined by my buddy, the one and only Barbara Cameron. Hello, everyone. Buddy. <laughs> We're back. I know. Can you believe it? No. Season three. And I'm loving the splash zone because I'm realizing this. I need this more than probably the listeners. I know, huh? (laughs) I've been dehydrated for a while. Yeah, (laughs) me too. But how are you doing? What's going on with you? I'm doing great, buddy. Oh my gosh. I have a new daughter in love. My grandson Jack got married and we have two high school graduates going on to college. Let's go. And drum roll. Robert and I are celebrating 50 years of marriage. Of marriage. I know, huh? I turned wow. 50 and you got 50 yep, years got of marriage. 50 years, I know. Wow, so, what a year. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, I want to remind people about what Splash is. Maybe mm-hmm. you're just joining us. And our desire with Splash is to splash you with a little love and encouragement to hopefully rehydrate your soul. Right. I think a lot of times we can get dehydrated or depleted in areas mm-hmm. of our life and we think it's our marriage or we think it's our work or our children mm-hmm. when really, no, you just you need a little soul care. Mm-hmm. We take care of the outside. We brush our teeth. We brush mm-hmm. our hair. Mm-hmm. We eat good. We work out. And then our soul is just dehydrated. And I love the verse that we kind of themed this whole podcast around in First Thessalonians 3.12. And may the master pour out... The love, so it fills your lives, fills our lives, and splashes over onto everyone around you, just as it does from us to you. Mm. That it's not about anything we can do. It's not about anything you can do. Don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. Nobody needs to carry that backpack of bricks. It's that God's love would well so much up in us that we would literally splash onto our spouse, onto our children, onto our community, and make ripples happen. Mm -hmm. So we are so glad you're joining us today. And I have a very, very special guest. I love when God intersects my life into people Mm -hmm. that you were not even expecting. So you know my bus tour. (laughs) Your bus tour. Do you remember? my God. Everyone, her bus tour that she was so afraid of. She didn't know how she was going to get through this. But oh my gosh. This thing. Nothing what... You would, she would have ever expected that right. to happen. She was splashed upon. She Woo! was, she had tidal waves had, and monsoon. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, yeah, a tidal wave, a tsunami. A tsunami. I had it all. That's what I was. Yeah, <laughs> monsoons. Okay, <laughs> monsoon. <laughs> but it was the richest mm. time for me um, in this bunk. I had the middle bunk, and I was on the bus with the band. Um, so there were three buses, two trailers, thirteen cities, one mission. To allow people to encounter Jesus. And the headliners on this was Lisa Turkhurst. Her recent book came out, Not Supposed to Be This Way. And then Levi Lusco. Mm -hmm. And his recent book came out, I Declare War, which this book is ridiculous. (laughs) Your kids. What's cool is he does the audio. If you if you drive like I'm in traffic in LA all the time as you know so I listen to the audio version and after sitting under the teaching of these two people and Mac Brock by the way Elevation Worship he led worship which was awesome mm-hmm. but I got to be the MC mm-hmm. so I was in the front row every night listening to these just dynamic speakers but this Levi Lusco he wrote some books that are just ridiculous. Um, I Declare War was the one who's on tour. He wrote a book called Swipe Right, which if you have teenagers or college students, you need to read this. And then he wrote a book called 
through the eyes of a lion, mm. which I didn't know what it was about. But as I was doing the Q&A, because I was the MC, they had a little VIP section before the show would start each night. And Jenny Lusco, his wife, would take the stage. And these people started asking questions about, tell us about what happened when your daughter died. I'm like, oh, I'm not oh, reading no. that book through the li- eyes of the lion. That's going to wreck me. I don't even want to read about it. And she would just so graciously answer these questions. Well, guess what? She's our guest today. Oh, and you're going to get so splashed excited. and encouraged yep. and motivated. And you're going to get a new lens to a mm-hmm. perspective that we fear so much as moms. If you're mm-hmm. a mom, I've had it out with God about this. Like taking my kid before I die? Like, Mm. are you kidding me? And it's amazing to hear what happened and the pain and the purpose that they found going through this as a family who uh, has this church. Jenny is fit. She's fun. She's faithful. She's in love with Jesus, but she has walked through the valley Mm -hmm. of the shadow of death. And when I tell you she has wisdom, it's an understatement. What's so crazy is I got home from the bus tour, just for all of you Splash Zone listeners, and the next month was March. And Barbara and I were going to go speak in Montana. Well, that's where the Luscos are from. (laughs) Like, shut up. So Barbara actually got to meet Jenny. And Mm -hmm. so now having her here as a guest is just such a treat because I don't Mm -hmm. have to try to pretend to describe her. Isn't she all that? Oh, she's all that. Yeah. All of that. And, so uh, please, her kids are just adorable, and and we saw their church, fresh mm-hmm. life, and everything. And then, then we're we're leaving Montana. Oh, I know that was just <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, I don't even think Jenny knows this before we get her in here. Um, I'm. I want Barbara to also meet Levi, but obviously he's out speaking somewhere. And as we he get was to the airport, in California. That's right. That's he right. You have California. a good memory. So off the plane as we're getting on in Montana. Off comes Levi and his daughter, Clover, and I'm like, Levi. He's like, Shalene. I go, this is Barbara Cameron, because he knew all about you. And so we meet, and I go, so did you warm up my seat? I'm in 2B. And he goes, actually, that's, and he takes out his ticket. I was in 2B. I'm like, well, did you leave me a snack? Like, what are you doing? So when I tell you we're just a little bit excited, we are so excited about bringing and introducing you to our next guest in season three, Jenny Lesko. Please give her a big Splash Zone welcome to the Splash Zone, Jenny Lesko. I like to call her my hashtag bus family forever. <laughs> I have never been on a bus like that. I've been on a bus when I was filming movies to go, you know, it was not moving anywhere. We call them star wagons. Um, but to sleep on a bunk for 21 days, 13 cities, three buses, two trailers, one mission to help people encounter Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with this one right here. Mm-hmm. And I, I told Barbara about you, right? Because when mm-hmm. you meet people, there's people that you meet and you're like, oh, that's awesome. Cool. I'll probably never see him again, but I'm glad that they, you know, blipped through my life. And then there right. was you, <laughs> this fit, fun, fabulous, faithful mom, not your cheesy, you leak Jesus. People just want to be around you. Your kids rise and call you blessed. I mean, when I tell you this, and you have a recording of it now, if you and Levi ever want to take a family vacation, you can just drop those kids in Cali. I will take all of them. Oh, it would be, it would be Bryce and my joy. I will. We will take all all of your children, and you guys just go on a little vacay. You got You're your so mama, Shalene, and Callie. That would be amazing. Oh, my gosh. You're <laughs> so, so sweet. You could plan a perfect weekend with your man. <laughs> You're so sweet, Shalene. I, we just uh, agree. I mean, this everything you said, we just believe the same, that God dropped us in each other's lives for such a reason. You've just left such an impact in us. So 
So mm. thankful. I know. Thank and you for having me too. What was so crazy. We're so glad you're in the splash zone with mm-hmm. us. I wish we could have flown you here, mm-hmm. but um, next time, next time yeah. you guys are in Cali, we'll bring you into the studio and we'll bring Levi in here. But I want Olivia on her. Yes. her is Livy 15 now? She's 13. 13. Okay. Don't oh, rush it. Yeah, yeah. Just slow the roll. I know. <laughs> She's so mature. It's ridiculous. Yes, she is. I got off the stage because um, just so the listeners know, we were on this encounter tour and the Lesko family, they travel as a whole entire family. Was that mm. the first time you guys ever did a bus tour like that? No, this was probably... <laughs> no, we're, we're the seasoned. Fourth, the fourth time, oh, wow. I think. But we've done other tours where it wasn't a bus. And honestly, those are the ghetto, quote unquote, ones where <laughs> you're you're flying and then you're in wow. a hotel for one night and then you fly and then you go to the next oh, place. And then ouch. it's so horrible yeah. because you're literally living out of your suitcase mm-hmm. like in a way that's horrible, especially when you have kids with you and it's just like, everything's everywhere and you're, you're trying to like stuff things back in and then you're traveling. And, um, so honestly, this bus tour was like, it's luxurious to be on a bus. Cause you can kind of like unpack just be home for a little bit. And for us, like in our own bus, it's even that much better. I know for you, you're like in a, a little, t- <laughs> your sleeping area is tiny and it's, you're sharing space with other people. But for us, it's really like, it's just so nice to not have to be flying and like, mm-hmm. you're just in your home for 21 days, just on and the it's road. it's just not one child. No, no, no. She doesn't just have one kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but these kids, they're just like well-oiled machines. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, couple. they, they, they are adorable. servants and they're adorable. And Olivia and I just became besties. I got yeah, off stage yeah. after sharing my story to Africa and she came up to me and she said, I could listen to you speak every single night. I go, well, we got 13 more nights, sister. (laughs) I go, but you're my new agent. I'll tell you that right now. Seriously. Um, But I wanted to back up a minute because there's some questions about you that I don't know. And for those of you who don't know, Jenny um, is the wife of Levi Lesko, who wrote some of the most powerful books that I've been reading in 2019. Swipe Right. My daughter-in-law, Grace, just finished that. Brooke Mm -hmm. is currently reading um, I Declare War, which I have listened to so two good. times complete Barbara's reading it I'm reading it Robert's reading oh, it wow no it's it's a powerful mm-hmm. book on the mind and if get I declare war yep. I mean it, controlling the high ground yep. but there was also a best-selling book that they had called through the eyes of a lion mm. and I did not want to read this book and I didn't even need to know the story but I saw the beautiful picture mm. of your daughter's eyes on the cover mm. with the lion and I thought oh no I'm not going to read this one. I am not going to read this book at all, right? And as the nights went on, on this bus tour in February, um, Levi and and Lisa Turkhurst were the headliners and Mac Brock from Elevation Worship. I think I told you, buddy, Mm -hmm. he did all the worship. So I got to be the MC. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was getting my master's degree in in seminary just sitting (laughs) under these people. I mean, just heroes of the faith mm-hmm. every night. Mm-hmm. I mean, you as his wife were down there taking notes and making beautiful, <laughs> she makes notes like you, Barbara, and then she makes beautiful designs mm-hmm. like Brooke. She she mm-hmm. makes gorgeous paintings on her paper. And I'm thinking, I, I suck at all of this. I, I suck at all of this. <laughs> I don't know if that's ADD or I like <laughs> need help or. <laughs> like you'd say I'm the vine and she's drawing a vine and the verse has a leaf coming off of it. And I'm like, okay, I need to sit by her in church. I'd be oh learning a whole nother thing. But it was so crazy because we had a VIP section of this tour where 
people could come an hour before the event started at each of the churches. We went to 13 cities across the country. And Jenny was so kind. That was so kind of you. She got on stage. It was like the VIP. So it was her and Levi, Mm -hmm. Lisa and Mac. And I got to be in the audience like I was the white Oprah. You know what I mean? And I'm running around asking (laughs) questions. It was so fun. But people kept asking questions about their daughter who was in heaven. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? What's going on? Because I didn't do right. any research. I didn't mm-hmm. know their story. Mm-hmm. I had I thought the books were, I Declare War, and, and Lisa had a book coming out, not supposed to be this way, and I hadn't read that either. Right. So I just wow. thought, wow. Yeah, wow <laughs> is right. Okay. So <laughs> I didn't mean that as a bad wow. No, it was like, no, I know a... what I mean. It was just like, wow. those are two heavy things. <laughs> and you yes. graciously were answering questions. Um and I, before we hop into that book, though, can we go back for a second? Because I really want our listeners and even Barbara and mm-hmm. I, because I don't even know this about you. I don't even know how you and Levi met. Like, when did you even decide Jesus was your homeboy? Like, when did that all happen for you? Hmm. So I grew up in a Christian home in Monterey, California. She's and, a Cali girl. Um, I knew is. it. <laughs> yes. And... um And so when I was seven, I had heard the gospel and I remember in my room at night um, asking my dad, what does it mean to be like, can I give my life to Jesus? Because I just Mm. heard about it. And he's like, yeah. And so I remember praying um, with my dad to ask Jesus in my heart and make him Lord of my life. And I I remember understanding that when I was seven. Um, And so that was like the, the, the start, I guess. But then it's just been such a, a process and a, and a, a a journey, um, in my, with my relationship with Jesus of, um, of learning what it means to, to surrender to him and to give him every part of my life and all throughout. I mean, honestly, my whole life, I've just been, um, one of those girls that, um, either needed to be liked by a guy or wanted to like a guy. So I, I always had just boys like on my mind and I, boy, I guess you call it boy crazy, but like, I always just had that need to, to have, to want that affection and attention. And so, um, throughout middle school and high school, like I'd have boyfriends. I, I never like, I never had sex with my boyfriends. I knew that when I was in, when I was 10, I went to this purity conference and basically they were saying, Hey, save yourself for your husband and you're worth the wait and all that stuff. And I didn't know exactly what that meant, but I knew, okay, I'm not going to have sex. That's what, that's what Mm. I'm going to do. Um, so like, I had all every, every mom listening is going, where's that conference? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. But I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that my mom decided, I mean, 10, you, it seems like that would be a young age, but, um, I also got my period when I was 10. Like I just kind of was an early bloomer. I got, I developed like fully when I was like 11. And so like, um, my mom just decided to take me to this and it was such a simple thing, but it was really something that was so impactful for me at, at a young age that I made that decision and I decided this is, this is what I want to do. If this is what God's saying, what God's telling me to do, this is how I want to live my life. However, I still like put myself in, in, um, compromising situations where I was like, why, why am I dating this guy? Like he doesn't Mm. like, I I remember going through a phase where I was like, why am I dating this guy? He doesn't even love Jesus. Like, what is the point of this? And so like, that was part of my journey of like giving Jesus all of me and like surrendering every part of my life and really wanting just to give him my life and serve him. So when I was in, hmm. in 
high school, I started going on mission trips with my youth group. And that honestly was a huge part of how God was getting a hold of my life of, of full on, like living for him and giving my heart to him in new ways and in full ways and serving him in, in countries where people didn't have the things that we had. And yet there was such a, a sweetness and a joy and a, a love for Jesus in, in these Jesus followers in these other countries. And I was like, I want to, I want to live like this. And I yeah. don't want to fall for things that are, um, holding me back. And I, I just want to, I want to serve him with my whole life. And so I'm so thankful for those. I mean, so all these little things that God was just like slowly, just kind of like, I'm a slow mm-hmm. learner. So I feel like I needed that. Um, and then, uh, I'm taking you way, way back. Hey girlfriend, um, I love it. <laughs> but when I was a junior in high school, I went on a month long mission trip to Nicaragua and I knew on that trip, I, I felt like God was, was telling me like, get more involved in your school and get more involved in what I'm doing and, um, sh- and showing my love to the people in your school. Cause I went to this, uh, college prep school where, um, where it was really liberal and, um, it was hard to be a Christian there, but I felt like Jesus was giving me this like mission, like, Hey, you're high school. You only have two more years there. Like, this is your mission. Like, yeah, you want to go to China and yeah, you want to go to Africa and yeah, you want to go across the world, but I have you in this school for this season and I want you to reach your school. And so I when I immediately, when I got back, I started leading a Bible study at my school and started meeting people and kind of leading in that way. And I remember sitting there one time thinking, man, I love this, but I don't want to be the one just leading. Like I, I think, I think I want to lead with someone. And I felt like that was when God was kind of impressing in my heart of like, um, wanting to be married to a pastor or wanting to be married to someone in ministry and doing ministry together. And so So you had to um, dump that boyfriend real quick. (laughs) <laughs> luckily I wasn't, luckily I wasn't dating one at the time, but, uh, that didn't last very long. So, um, anyways, that was kind of high school. Then, um, I started dating this guy who I was like, I, I like was in love with him, like ever since I was in middle school and he was a pastor and I'm, I'm like, Oh, this is definitely the, the guy. Like I, so I, I, when I graduated from high school, we started dating and it was like, we're going to marry and And then he broke up with me like two months later and I had planned on moving to Albuquerque, New Mexico that year, but I didn't do it. So I waited a whole year and I felt like that year I was 19 and I felt like already 19, it feels like a I, I called it a butt year because it's like, it's not 18, it's not 20. It's just blah. So I felt like I, that year was like blah for me, but it was so cool because I just leaned into my, my singleness and I leaned into what God had for me there. And then the following year I moved to New Mexico where I originally, um, uh, was, uh, went to like mission training and all that stuff. But I went there with that same missions organization to, um, serve in the internship there. And it was a year long. And my, my goal was to move out there and then move back and go to, uh, Biola or some kind of college in Southern California. That's where our producer went. Biola, Matthew Warren, Biola graduate. Yep. Well, (laughs) I never even made it on the campus, but I, (laughs) 
in my heart, in my heart of hearts, I wanted to go to Biola and then work at Disneyland. So Perfect. I don't know, maybe in heaven, I'll, I'll be an entertainer. She, but, you uh, look like a Disney princess. You absolutely <laughs> just make her bell. We'll all be good. Oh my gosh. An <laughs> Asian bell. Um, so I moved to New Mexico and, and here, here's one thing that, um, I was just talking to someone about this because, uh, that year was September 11th and it was September, mm-hmm. September 11th happened. And three days later, my twin baby sisters were born and my plan was to, to leave for the internship. Uh, I believe it was like the 18th of September. So all my, that was already planned. Then September 11th happens. And then my, my mom has my twin baby sisters and I had been helping my mom like cooking and cleaning and helping her with all of that. And I, I, everything in me was saying, don't go to New Mexico. Like, what the heck are you thinking? Like the world is falling apart. Your mom needs you. Why are you leaving your family? And, and I'm not telling it, I'm not saying that everyone should leave their family, but I I am saying that when God's telling you to do something, no matter how crazy it seems, no matter how hard it is, um, to obey and to just do it. And Mm -hmm. it was one of the hardest things, honestly, one of the hardest things that I had ever done at that point of leaving my family behind in such a crazy, confusing, horrible time. Um, but when I got to New Mexico, um, started serving God. And one of my, one of the rules or guidelines of the internship was no romantic dating relationships. So here I am like, okay, God, now you're going to meet the hottest guys you've ever seen. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I am. And I'm like, okay, God, I just want to, this year is for you. Like, I can't wait to just not even be distracted and just to focus on you and serve you. And lo and behold, Halfway through this internship, I meet Levi Aaron Lusco, and he's serving in the youth ministry, and he's um, so handsome and so godly and so amazing. I'm like, what the heck? Like, I'm halfway through. I have six more months left. What's going on? And so, but it was funny because obviously Levi had made, he was not part of this internship, so he had made no, like, commitment or anything. (laughs) He's making it like doubly hard for me. And so he's like coming into my office and we were like working together because I'm planning the mission trips for the youth group that he's leading. So like we had to like work together, Mm -hmm. but it was so sweet. And I'm so thankful that God had it this way because we were, we were forced basically to be friends first and to serve God first and to not even have that um, distraction or temptation or even like the thought of, well, I wonder if he's going to ask me on a date because there wasn't any question of that. And so our, our relationship was just so Mm. perfectly God, like he just made that happen for us and knew that I needed that. And Levi probably needed it too. (laughs) But, um, so the last day of my internship, Levi, um, asked me out on a date. And so he is just the best. And, that's kind of like we, we met, we started dating, we broke up for a little bit because he caught the fish, but then he started like, like, what am I even doing? And so I was like, I don't think we can keep dating if, if you're not really sure of what you want. So we broke up for a little bit, but then he realized what he wanted and he came back and we started dating and then we got married in Albuquerque and the story keeps going, but it's just, I'm thankful for that whole process and what God's just so good to, 
to lead you in the right way. I just love, you don't have to like look for the right one. Like you don't have to be on the lookout and wonder like, Mm. is he the right one? Is he the Mm. right one? Just focusing on being the right one and, um, and focusing on your relationship with Jesus and just serving him. Like you're going to one day look up and see someone serving next to you. And you're like, Hey, we should just do this together. And God's just faithful. You don't have to try to make things happen. So true. So how old were you guys when you got married? So I'm five months older than Levi. So I was 20, um, two and he was 21. Yeah. I married Bryce at 21. Oh, and he was 23. Yeah. 29 years this year. So good. But I think you really spoke a word right now to our single listeners. I do. You really just spoke a serious word. I hope you just dropped a mic on that. It's like, start becoming the person you want to be married to. Like, don't be worried about that. Why don't you just fix your eyes on things to come? And as you're serving him and running that race, you'll look next to you and be like, dang, Mm. you want to go together? Let's do it. Totally. totally. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love that. I didn't even know that story. And I was on, and you're my bus family. How did I not know that? (laughs) Oh, it's okay. So let me ask you, you guys started an epic church, Fresh Life in Montana, you're both it was is, is Levi from California too originally or no? He's from He's from Colorado. Colorado. Okay. So he's still more yeah. like West Coast, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me why Montana and now you have multi-site churches. I mean, you guys started this together. Talk about God telling you in high school. Isn't that true about the verse in Timothy? Do not look down on her or him because they're young. God started planting these things in your heart. And now you guys have churches all over the country in prison. Barbara and I got to go Mm -hmm. because for our listeners, when I got off the bus tour in February of this year, I was speaking, Barbara and I were speaking at Canvas Church, which is near your church in Kalispell, Montana. Mm -hmm. And so I called Jenny. I'm like, Jenny, I'm flying in. She's like, let's go to breakfast. (laughs) And so we went to breakfast and then, and Barbara got to come and meet the Mm -hmm. Luscos and then um, literally went to your church and the church, if you even live in the area, that would be my church. Yeah. Yeah. I told Bryce, I want to buy a home in Whitefish just to have a home there. (laughs) He's like, well, go make some money, honey. No, um... (laughs) And I go, no, I just want a house there. It's just a cool place to live. It's a beautiful, it's God's country. Mm -hmm. But this church, I would attend there. I would serve there. I would, the Sunday school classrooms, forget parents. They got rock climbing walls. (laughs) They got, the bathrooms look like it's out of, you know. You don't want to get Four Seasons. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave that one for Barbara there. Um, But why Montana? What the heck? I know, right? So tell me how that happened. crazy. So Levi and I, when we got married, we, we felt like God was saying we should like to start a church somewhere, to start something from the very beginning to kind of just, uh, pioneer something and just start something new and different. And, uh, after we got married, we moved to Southern California, uh, where we, um, yeah, yeah. I know you're Um, talking about home now. our, Our pastor had moved there. And so he had asked Levi to come be like the director of, of student ministries and creative director. And so we followed them out there and, um, had Olivia out there. Olivia was born in Laguna beach with an ocean view. Amazing. Um, but so we were out there and we were just serving. We loved, we love our, our pastors, uh, Skip and Lenya Heitzig, our Levi's godparents, but also just 
leadership in our life who we just love and adore. And we, that's the church we met in, got married in. And so honestly, like we always felt like we're going to serve under their leadership for as long as God has us. Mm. Like we, we, um, we had the heart to go somewhere and to plant and to pioneer something, but, um, but we were just so thankful for them and their leadership in our lives. So we followed them out to California. Then they actually had to move back to Albuquerque and um, take care of stuff at the church that had happened back there. And so here we are with like, we had people around us that we loved, but we were kind of faced with, do we keep, do we stay here or do we, is this like the chance like for us to kind of see what God might have us do? And so at that point, uh, Levi was the the interim teaching pastor at this church in San Juan Capistrano. And, um, I mean, we were living the life, like honestly, oh, yeah, we had annual, annual passes to Disneyland. <laughs> Levi was surfing every day. Like was, we had Trader Joe's. I was, thank oh you. <laughs> Whole Foods, Trader Joe's. Yes. And so, um, but it was like, there was just something like it was almost too easy. And so Levi started getting these requests to speak different places. So a, a amazing family in our church there invited us to come to Montana and was like, um, Hey, while you guys are here, like, like you guys should, should think about, pray about starting a church here. Like you guys should move here and start a church here in Montana. And we're like, first of all, we had never been to Montana. We didn't know where Montana was like, uh, and then we, we went there and it was beautiful, but we were like, God's not calling us Montana. Like we're called to California. Like we're lit. Like, this is amazing. Like we're yeah, you're the beautiful people. Santa. You got to be in California. Right. <laughs> and so, oh my gosh. And so, um, anyways, but when we left that trip, we were just, we couldn't get it out of our spirit. We we're just like, maybe we should, maybe we should move to Montana. Like all this stuff's happening here and we're kind of at a place now where we, we can, and so we had these different options in California that were very obviously like we would know how much we would have gotten paid. We would have had a place to live. Like it was very like cush and easy. Um, there was no, yeah, easy. Safe. There was no mystery to it. Safe. Exactly. And so the whole option of moving to Montana was very wild and mysterious and crazy. And we were honestly, we were reading in the Bible about when God called, um, Abraham to, um, out of Ur. And he said, I'm going to take you, I I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. And that's really like all he gave him. There wasn't any like, Hey, it's snowy there or uh, (laughs) hot there. Like you're just going to go to a place that I'm going to show you. And so that honestly was what kind of like stirred in us just that step of faith and that like, okay, we actually, we don't have any, we're not hunters. We don't like, we don't go camping. Like this doesn't make any sense. And everyone in our lives, they were like, why are you going to Montana? Like, uh, there, there aren't even any people there. And, um, <laughs> and so anyways, we went back to just to visit again. Cause we were like, we don't even know. We're just going to go back in November. The same family invited us for Thanksgiving. I'm totally giving you the long version. Um, but so we were there, we're talking to people in the city. And as we were, the day we were leaving, Levi and I were praying, we were like, God, we don't know if you want us to come here. Like if you do our prayers that you would give us a name for this thing, that you'd give us a name that we don't just like, but that we love. Because when God does something new, 
he gives it a new name and it's mm. kind of the, the new wine, new wine skins, fresh start. And so we had no idea at that point, that morning, we had no idea like a name or anything, but we had a layover in Salt Lake city, um, which is one of the reasons why we had a heart for that city. Now we have a fresh life in Salt Lake, but, um, but we were there and we were talking and we were like, what the heck would God even do? Like, what, what, do, what do we think God wants to do in this Valley, and we weren't even thinking multi-site at that time. We were just thinking in Kalispell, Montana, mm-hmm. and um, and I was just, I was like, it just seems like God wants to breathe fresh life in this valley. Oh, wow! We looked at each other, and we were like. Fresh Life Church. Oh my gosh, that's the best name ever. So Levi looks it up, and there's no such thing as Fresh Life Church. And so he he buys FreshLifeChurch.com, FreshLifeChurch.org. He goes, Alexa, buy me FreshLifeChurch.org. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was no Alexa. There's there was no, no Alexa iPhone. yet. Yes, yes. There was no iPhone at this point. Woo! Um, what had, year was this? This was 2007. Okay. Well, technically, at this very moment, is 2006. But so then Levi closes the laptop computer and says, well, I guess we're moving to Montana. And so that was November 2006. We come home, tell our church um, and say, we believe God's moving us to Montana. They gave us their blessing. They did a whole service and raised money for us to launch us out. And then we drive out and are in Montana, January 2007. And we did not know that January is the coldest month of the year. If we would have done any research. Let's break it right in. We're going to break you right in, California girl. Oh, my gosh. So we went from 74 degrees to 14 degrees. And like the story of our Gatorades freezing in the winter, like as we were unloading our stuff, like our Gatorades freezing, like we just, we did the crazy thing. And honestly, like this was at a time where we didn't have like ARC, which is a, organization that helps, uh, churches and people to plant churches. Like we didn't have, this is how you plant a church in two thousands. Uh, and this is what you, the checklist, and this is how you do this. And this is what you're supposed to do. Like, we didn't have all of that. We just had older people in our lives who said, Hey, this is, um, this is what we did. Like we just started a Bible study in a room. And, and so that's what we did. We started a Bible study in a room above a bar with 14 people on I saw January the bar. 14th. You guys, you pointed yeah, it out to me, right. remember? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that was the seed. That was the tiny little seed. And we have hurt, learned the hard way, probably in every way you could even imagine. But um, that was the seed of Fresh Life Church. And it's just been a journey and it's been a process. It's like, it kind of mirrors my life as far as like just little bits at a time of God showing me his faithfulness and his grace and his peace and his power and his Holy spirit and all these things. Like we're just learning along the way. And now here we are 12 and a half years later Mm. and we have, we're in four different States, um, 13 different locations with one in, um, Deer Lodge, uh, prison in the state of Montana. And so, um, it just is crazy and it's just beautiful to see what God can do with a tiny little seed that seems so insignificant and so silly. But as we, as we obey God and walk in, in obedience and walk in what he has for us, he's so faithful to do what he wants to do. And honestly, we had told God, we had said, we'll just move there. We'll, we'll, we'll commit to five years because we could do five years. Livy at that point, she'll be five. And if anything is crazy, Mm. we'll just move back to California. She'll go into kindergarten and it's like nothing ever happened. But by the time (laughs) 
five years came along, um, like we, we, we were growing and like lives were being changed and marriages being restored. And you could just see the evidence of God moving. And so um, I could totally see why God made you a pastor's wife. You're a gift giver. I, I have never not run into you and you not given me a gift or watched you giving people a gift or your Olivia gives people gifts. Like you just have the gift of hospitality of the gift of giving, but I have never met someone until I met you that is in, you guys listen to this. This is crazy in the splash zone. She's in the car having contractions, getting ready to give birth to Olivia. And she goes, or no, not Olivia. It was probably Len. This was, this was, this was Daisy. Oh, it was Daisy. So she goes, wait a no. second. This is Clover. Okay. We have lots of children. Yeah, I don't they have know. beautiful children. We're going to get to that. But yeah. she's getting ready to give birth to Clover. She goes, wait, honey, I got to run in and get something. She tells Levi, she runs in the house. And then he's thinking, I should have maybe gone and got it. Hello, she's mm-hmm. pregnant. So he runs in after her to maybe help her out. And there she is up against the wall, having a serious contraction, <laughs> gripped in her hand were these invitations for this church thing that was going on. And he's like, what are you doing, Jenny? And he's like, she goes, well, I just wanted to get these invitations so we could invite people to the church. And he's like, can we just go have a baby? Right? But that's your heart, man. Your heart is just so quick to say, I don't want to miss a moment, an opportunity, a uh, uh, to let people know about where my joy comes from because it's not because everything in your life, Jenny, has been awesome. People who have been listening up to this point are like, oh, great. She's fit. She's fabulous. She's got a hot husband. They decide to open a church. Bam, it works. They pop out kids like bunnies. No big deal. Like, (laughs) what's your problem, lady? Why are you even in the splash zone? You got nothing Mm. going on Mm. until you read through the eyes of a lion. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Girlfriend. The biggest fear I have ever had to take out with God. I mean, talk about go on a hike and just say, okay, I'm just going to tell you what my biggest fear is. I'm just going to lay this out to you. I'm going to play the whole thing out. So what happens? What happens if you entrust me with children? You give me these kids and you entrust me to them as their mom and something happens to them. What then, God? What then? What will I really do? So I was hoping that you could share, because I can't share this story, Mm. about the birth of your second daughter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for asking. And um, it's an honor. I know some some people, um, it's hard for them to know, like, do I ask these questions? Do I, like, do I ask about uh, this? And it's like, I am honored. And I, and Levi and I consider it an honor to be able to talk about, um, the hardest thing in our life. And so, um, yes, through the eyes of a lion lays it out beautifully. And my husband wrote just, I mean, he's one of, he is my favorite author. Mm -hmm. The way he writes is just, just magnificent. Honestly, he just paints such a beautiful picture and masterpiece. But, um, anyways, our, our second born daughter, Lenya. So basically when we moved to Montana, I was actually pregnant with Lenya, but oh, I didn't were. know it. And so, um, my, my birthday is January 11th. And so we had this big birthday celebration and we were about to start, uh, our very first, uh, service at fresh life and, and find out literally that week. Cause I was like, I'm not feeling great. And I found out that week that I was pregnant with Lenya mm-hmm. and, um, 
and it was just crazy because it was like we were in the middle uh, in between like um, uh, insurance and like all the that medical stuff. And so it was just kind of a, it was scary. Honestly, it was like, here we are, we're stepping out in faith. Oh, I'm pregnant. And so um, <laughs> I love, I love, I love it. But so she was born September 8th, 2007 and um, just sweetness at Lenya Avery Lesko. Um, from the, the day she was born, just born with a full head of hair, just beautiful. Mm. She, she's just sweet, 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 spicy, sassy, um, stubborn, a strong-willed child. Yes. All of the, all of the above. But, um, so when she, so basically she, um, had all these allergies. So she was born healthy, but came down with RSV. And then after that, what's RSV? Getting, is that asthma? RSV, it's like a, um, you know, I honestly don't even know what okay. it stands for. I think it's like a respiratory, uh, something virus, but basically it's uh, babies often get it. Okay. And, um, it, it usually affects breathing. And so, um, so she, got, she gets this. And then after that, she just started getting rashes and, um, and just not doing well. And by the time she was nine months old, she was diagnosed with failure to thrive. And basically I was nursing her, but she was allergic to dairy, to soy, to wheat, to eggs, to turkey, to chicken, like literally all these things. And then we found out on top of that, she was allergic to dust and hay and horses and basically Montana. So we have (laughs) this baby who was allergic to all these things. Um, and, um, basically that was kind of the start of the fight for her life. And so we were going back and forth between, um, we live in a place where at that point now we do, but at that point we didn't have a children's hospital. So we were driving all the way to Washington back and forth and, uh, gastroenterologists and allergists and all these things. We put her immediately on a, a formula. And so she started thriving and she started growing and we had to put a feeding tube in. But after that, um, she started uh, growing out of some of her allergies and just her mm. skin was always like really rough. Like you, if you can imagine baby skin, hers was not that it was very rough and rashy and she had eczema. And every time she came in contact with anything she was allergic to, it would just be automatic hives and itching. And I remember, um, trying to figure out ways for her to just sleep without being itchy. So there was this whole method of like wet pajamas where you scrub her down, put her all her ointments and then put uh, a layer of wet pajamas and then another like bigger layer of dry pajamas so that she would just cool her skin down. So all this kind of stuff. And she just starts, she's just growing and thriving, just the sweetest sweetheart. And, um, and so, um, the 2012 was a year that, uh, in January we had our fourth daughter Clover. So we had, uh, Clover also very much like Lenya, just crazy and <laughs> spunky and wild so and fun. sweet, so fun. so fun. But that year Lenya was doing so good. Like we went on our first family vacation to Hawaii that year that we were hoping, um, we were realizing like we need to get this tradition going. So that was the year we started. Lenya was with us. And, um, that year, like her skin was just clearing up. Like we were just kind of, I felt like we were getting a hold of her allergies and we were just, we were about to, we were introducing new things to her diet and she was handling them like a champ. And, um, she was swimming and she was five. So 2012, she was five. And then, um, 
she all of a sudden, so basically, uh, the week before Christmas was, it's like our busiest week ever. And, um, in ministry, obviously you're getting ready for, for Christmas services and there's usually more than normal and staff parties and, and in our family, we have, and friends' lives, we have lots of birthdays. We had birthday party and staff party and all these things. And so the week before Christmas was crazy. And we were just the whole time saying, okay, guys, this is so crazy, but we have Friday family day coming up. And Friday family day for us basically is our day off. We unplug from phones and work and just uh, have fun together. We usually come up with a list of things that we want to do. And whether it's like, house improvement stuff or going to the lake or going ice skating or whatever. So that particular Friday, we were going to go ice skating. Levi was going to take Lenya to um, go shopping for Christmas presents for her sisters. We had a special dinner planned where we'd get dressed up and mm. um, and go to dinner. Um, but Thursday, December 20th, 2012, um, was just a normal day. And we were getting ready for for Christmas. Uh, Levi was studying and really getting ready for his his message. And um, took our girls to my mom's house for um, so that Levi and I could get a little date night. And basically, we just had a date night in. And it, those are some some of the best dates is just having staying home. At totally, yeah. And um, and your mom and so, lives close to you guys. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so she. Um, yeah, she's amazing. Best grandma. And so we went to go pick the kids up and my brother came out of the house and said, uh, Hey, Lenya's not taking your medicine. So basically whenever the girls, Livy and Lenya both ha- have asthma, um, whenever they would have like a hard time breathing, we would give them a treatment and then they would be fine. They'd be able to run around and play. So basically we walked in and Lenny was non-responsive. She basically looked at me and then passed out on the counter and Um, my mom was like, she's just not taking your medicine. And so I'm immediately like, I don't know what's going on. Levi runs in, starts, um, assessing the situation. I'm just immediately like shocked and stunned and just start praying immediately. Levi starts doing CPR and, um, basically she's just, she's lying out on the, on the counter, but she, um, the paramedics come and, and take her and we come to the hospital and, and all of a sudden we hear the words, I'm so sorry. There's nothing more we can do. And the whirlwind of, it was just shocking. Like we were literally just wrapping Christmas presents and here we are in the ER and our, our daughter is not with us anymore and she's with Jesus. And, um, it knocked the wind out of us and, uh, we, it's just, I mean, we just were so stunned. And so we go into the room and um, Lenya's Lenya's there. Her body is there. Obviously, she's with Jesus. And some of the comfort that we have is the fact that we both think that, um, well, we know because we talked to a paramedic later on who was there that night. And he said, honestly, we came in. And we knew there wasn't anything we could even do. It, he, he told us he was a Christian it was, and it just brought so mm. much comfort. It was like a month after Lenny went to heaven, but, um, it brought so much comfort. Cause he said, you know, honestly, we came in, we just, I just started praying right away, but I could tell that it, God just took her. Mm. And it was so comforting, even in the midst of, of that pain, it was so comforting. Cause it was like, there wasn't suffering for her. It was she just was with God. family. She was yeah. with, not in the hospital. Yeah. That would, exactly. Yeah, so she went, 
she went to heaven from her dad's arms to God's arms. And there's just such a comfort in that. Um, and so that December 20th is, is the, the day that rocked our world. And honestly, it's even, it's crazy to think about it, but that was the five year mark of fresh live church. Honestly, when we said, God, we're going to give you five years, uh, because Lenny was born the same year that we started fresh life. And, and this came to me a little bit later on, but it was like, Oh my gosh, like five years, God, we gave you five years to even see what you would do here. And five years later, you, you take, you had given us this sweet baby girl, but then you took her away. And it, it's almost like a punch in the gut. Cause it's like, sure. man, what if we, what if we had left or what if, you know, all the what ifs or what if, what if I had done something different when I was pregnant with her, all those things mm-hmm. that just play, can plague you and just like ruin your heart and your mind. I'm just so thankful that it was, it was five years with Lenya and Um, and I'm, I'm honored, honestly, that I got to be her mom and, um, and so thankful, but it just, that started the, the journey through, um, just deep, deep heartache and pain and death and grief and sorrow and all those things. And if, if you're listening and if you've experienced it, you know exactly what I mean, just that weight that you feel like you don't, it, it's like a weight on your chest that you feel like won't ever go away. And mm. it's like a, 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 an ache that my husband calls it an ache that you can't shake. It's like, it's just there. Um, and so we didn't ever make it to Friday family day. And, um, and we went into Christmas Eve and my husband, um, he still preached because he, yeah, yeah. He can we, like, can we back up for one second? Yeah. Then you talk about you, little Miss Jenny. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was reading in the book. I didn't want to read through the eyes of the lion. Mm-hmm. And as you guys are leaving the hospital and your baby girl's body's in there behind the curtain, Levi walks out, Barbara, you're not even believe what she does. She, and Levi even says in the book, he goes, I don't even know where she grabbed these, but all of a sudden she goes, honey, Levi, you, you need to take these in there and invite them to church. Mm. All those nurses, all those doctors that just witnessed our baby going to heaven, what we believe in, what we say is true. And he's like, what do you know? She's like, do it. Mm. And he takes these invitations that Jenny, I don't know if they just came out of the sky. Like, where did you pull these from? But you got out of the car, whatever. And he goes in and he said, you know, you just saw us in here. Our baby girl's behind that curtain right there. But she's actually with her heavenly father Mm -hmm. and we're going to be celebrating his birth this weekend. And I don't even know how I'm going to speak, but if you show up, I will preach this Mm -hmm. Sunday and he passes. I mean, it's just, it's Mm -hmm. a, you, you hear about people saying it's a peace that passes all understanding, Mm -hmm. but, but people have experienced that kind of grief in their life, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The death of a child. I love what he says in the book. He goes, you know, a wife dies, a husband dies on a wife, you call her a widow. A, yeah. a, a wife dies on a husband who's a widower. A child's parents die, they're orphans. But there's no freaking name yeah. for what happens when parents have to bury their children. There's no name for it because mm-hmm. you can't even describe it. You can't even put a name to it because that's just not supposed to happen. That's just right. not supposed to happen. And... Exactly. The fact that your heart as you, your faith was so not fake. 
And I guess that's the testing of it, right? That refiner's fire in our life that gets so heated up, so heated up in that fire that you're in. And yet when the muck was all pushed away, your face saw Jesus. I don't know how you did that. I don't know. I, inviting someone? No, I'd want to hit somebody. Like inviting someone? To, like Jenny, seriously, like that would be the last thing on my mind. And all I can think of is like what you what you guys wrote about in the book that in that moment, Barbara, when they were in the emergency room and they said your daughter is gone, they went in behind the curtain to see her and they're just on the floor, mm-hmm. just praising God saying, and we've sung this song in church, but you don't have to sing it over your kid. And he writes in the book, he's like, God gives and takes away, but our heart will choose to say, blessed be the Lord. And it was in that moment that Levi said, it was like Jenny and I were on holy ground. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, you, you said it, it's the peace that passes understanding. I think, um, I honestly, I mean, when I, when I see that and hear that and I'm reminded of that, I'm like, what was I even thinking? Like, <laughs> I'm like, what a weirdo. <laughs> like, I honestly, I'm like, what was I, what was I thinking? But I think it's like, it's in that when you have the rhythms of, um, of walking with Jesus and you have the rhythms of, of being planted in the house and, and leading your life to glorify God. It's like in those fight or flight moments, Mm -hmm. it's like you do what come, you do what you've been practicing. It's like when you're, um, what I've heard anyways, like professional athletes, Mm -hmm. like they practice and practice and practice. And basically the event of their game isn't like that. Basically it's all automatic, Mm -hmm. um, reflex. Like it's just whatever they've been practicing that's what comes out in the game. Mm-hmm. And really that's what it is. Like as we're living this life, my husband calls it, we're training for the trial we're not yet in. Mm-hmm. And I love that. So mm-hmm. I love that that's so much so because all of our life is training for what is to come good or bad. That's right. But when, when the worst day of our life comes, how have we been training ourselves mm-hmm. for that day? How, how are we living our lives for Jesus now that's going to set us up to win then in my mind this whole week, I've just been thinking of a volleyball and I'm not, I got cut from my volleyball team in high school. Like I'm not a pro at all, but I just keep thinking of set spike. And I'm just like that whole vision of, in my mind of us setting, um, setting so that Jesus can spike. Like whenever we do church, it's like, we're basically setting so that Jesus can come in and do the work that only he can do in people's lives. And it's kind of the same thing. It's like we're setting ourselves up to spike. It's like as we're um, as we're reading God's words daily, as we're in small groups with other believers who are refining us and sharpening us and encouraging us and challenging us, as we're planted with our roots deep down in the house of the Lord, um, where we're where we're receiving God's word, where we're serving, where we're giving, where we're um, learning how to tithe and give generously and um, all these things that if we can just get in the, this habit, then the worst day is going to come, and what have, what we've been doing is going to set us us set us up so that in that moment we're still saying, "God, you give and you take away, mm. bad or good, glory be to you because you are good and you know exactly what you're doing, and I'm not God, you are. I trust you. I trust you. Like I think 
that is how we're going to set ourselves up to not fail in the storm and to not fall and to not, um, uh, let the storm overtake us, but where we can stand in the middle of it and with our arms raised, tears streaming, not understanding, but still say, God, you give, you take away. Mm -hmm. Blessed be your name. I trust you with what you are doing. I don't understand this. I hate this actually, but I trust you. Like, I think that's, that's the key. And I think that whole idea of training for the trial you're you're not Mm -hmm. yet in Mm -hmm. is so key because for all of us, I know what, um, Lisa Turker said on our tour, and I love so much how we're either in a trial or we've just come out a trial of a trial or we're going into a trial. And I just think that that's, it's so true. I know she's, she's funny too. She goes, that doesn't sound very positive. She goes, no, I'm positive. You're either in a trial, you're going to be in a trial yes. or you've come out of one, but you're, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And so, um, it's not to say, Oh, something's coming for you. And I'm speaking doom over your life. It's just the reality of life. That's just the life that we live in where we deal with Mm. death and where we deal with cancer and where we deal with divorce and where we deal with great loss and great grief. And, um, and so, um, yeah, it's beautiful though, to see the testimony of your marriage Mm. and your ministry, because most couples Mm -hmm. that I personally even know, who have buried their children, their marriage was over. And I can mm-hmm. attest to that through Kirk's camp, uh, Camp Firefly. Oh, yeah. I mean, he deal, uh, this is, his camp is 26, 27 years old. And tell what the camp parents, is. It's, it's uh, to help, um, it, it takes a family to a place for a week in uh, Callaway, Georgia, uh, where the family can. They have terminally removed. ill children. They have terminally Ill, chronically oh. ill children. And so this is a place where the family is invited and they get to spend a week with Kirk and his family. And wow. uh, they minister to them and uh, they it's it's a place for not only the sick child to get away from the hospital and to have some, you know, fun time, but it also helps the children who aren't sick. The siblings. The yeah. siblings wow. who you know oh deal my gosh, with a lot. That's and then the parents Camp and then the parents though. Uh, that we have an evening for them because it is very stressful on the on the marriage. And uh, hi, Levi just popped his face in. I'm sorry we're not up on Levi. video yet. Hi, Levi. So anyway, we, we understand. We understand. And there's course. Barbara. Hi, hi, Levi. Hello. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> no, no That's problem. So he heard us yeah. talking about him, Jenny. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that camp is amazing. The parents, the marriages struggle. The marriages struggle. Big time. Lots of divorce. But I'll tell you, some of the stories that Kirk and Chelsea have shared with me and Barbara, who was very involved um, with the camp at the beginning too, is that every parent um, would say, I'm so happy I had five years. I'm so grateful for the eight mm-hmm. years. I'm so ca- for the 10 years that mm-hmm. I had with them. Mm-hmm. Can you splash us as we wrap this up? Um, can you splash us with how you've been able to splash on with the joy and laughter that has been in your life today? Because I met you and would have never known this story had ever happened. It's going to be seven mm-hmm. years this year, right? And yeah. so obviously that pain and that, that Mm. loss is still huge. It's real. I mean, that was your, that's your baby girl and you're going to get to see her in paradise. But right now she's not here. Yeah. So 
could you give us a little encouragement and the listeners who are maybe in the midst of this or coming through this or can't, don't feel like, I, I think of that verse, I'm just going to read it real quick in, in Psalms 46, one, God is our refuge and our strength and ever present help in trouble. And I yes. remember reading that going, well, where are you then? Where is the ever present help? And when I was reading what Levi was writing, it was the people at your church that just yes. came over. They weren't church cheesy going, let me sing a worship song over you or here's a verse you need. They just were there. And sometimes we just need to splash our presence yes. in people's lives. You don't need to say a freaking word. Yeah. There's no word no, for that. That's so key. Yeah. That's so key. I mean, uh, the people who are walking alongside people who are, who are grieving, like that's a real, that's a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's so key, just the, the power of, of your presence in their life. And I think so many people just want to like say something and that's mm-hmm. not bad, but I think sometimes it's like, just, just follow, follow what God is, is speaking to you and just wait a second. Like, don't just rush in with words and don't just rush in mm-hmm. with, this is what I'm going to do, but just kind of come in. And just be still and just wait. And honestly, some of our best friends were just there around us and didn't say a word and didn't even mm. say, hey, can I pray for you? It was just, they're just there. Mm. And there's such beauty in that silence because we knew, I mean, we knew they were praying, but we didn't need, we didn't need that. Like, let me minister to you right now. It was just like, boom, like they were just there. They were with us. Mm. They were help. Like we had people just coming and helping us with our kids, um, but I will say as far as splashing, um, and just the joy in the midst of pain, what comes to my mind is, um, is a year after the year mark after Lenny went to heaven. Um, so we obviously live in Montana where there's snow in the winter. So all the graves are just covered in snow. And sometimes even just the grave marker has ice on it. So you can't even see it. So her grave was, um, was covered. We had someone who's so sweet to build, like the kind of grave marker that comes out of the ground. Basically, because mm. we live in a place with snow, all the grave markers, at least in this graveyard, are all just flush with mm. the the ground. But they came in and just built one with an anchor on it and um, just uh-huh. says, so, so sweet. But um, but Levi got this amazing idea um, because it was her grave was covered with snow. He saw these... Um, the snow paint. And basically it's this like tube, like foot long tube of paint of actually it's water, but you put like this paint color in it and then you can just design the snow and paint it and color it. Mm. And because, I mean, honestly, because at that point we had Olivia who was eight, uh, Daisy was three clover, almost two. So we, I mean, Wow. Yes, one of ours is is gone and not with us anymore, but we still have three these girls. sweethearts who are mm-hmm. with us. And it's like, how on earth do we grieve and also make it mm-hmm. something that is like fun and celebratory? Mm-hmm. Because yes, our worst day happened on December 20th, 2012, but that was Lenia's best day because she got mm-hmm. to see Jesus face to face. And so it's that it's that hard and good together and and blending together that has been such a, a beautiful thing, but also a hard thing. Cause on days where I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do this. It's like, actually you have a baby to change <laughs> and you have a, a baby to feed and you have like life to live. And I, on one hand, I'm so thankful that I still had, I still have these beautiful sweethearts that I still have to take care of because it forced me to get out of bed where otherwise I probably would have stayed in bed all day, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But in this celebration, in, 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 in terms of splash, I just think of color. And I think of mm. in, on our darkest day, that was so gray. And you just, I just picture a black and white movie where you just, there's no color. Um, there's actually the heavenly lens of color that can make any situation you go through just have that eternal mindset and that eternal lens. And honestly, I think going back to wanting to give people invitations with when our daughter had just died, I think it was just that automatic, like, okay, God doesn't just allow things to happen for nothing. It's like, we're here for a reason. It's like, mm. we're here for, yeah, God hates this. God didn't want Lenia to die before us. And God doesn't like death at all. But this situation that we're in, what is like, what is God wanting to do? There's people who just witnessed us grieving over our daughter. Like who, who knows their story? And I love how my husband says, he says, pain can be a passport to, to reach people who you never would have ever been able to reach otherwise. And I just love that pain as a passport. And, and if you're going through cancer, you have the passport into this room of, of people who are dying and hurting and needing just a touch of, of God's love and God's hope. Who knows for such a time as this, that he's calling you into this. And, and I don't believe God like makes things happen and is like, Hey, this, I'm going to cause your daughter to die, but he allows things to happen. And, and the beautiful thing in it is that he can create good in the midst of a horrible situation. And so, and just my, the picture and the image, I guess I want to leave you with is a snowy grave, but with little girls painting pictures of hearts and flowers and their names and, mm. um, and beauty in the midst of sorrow and the midst of pain, because with Jesus, you can walk through the worst day of your life. It's, mm -hmm. it's not going to end there. And it might feel like it. it might feel like it's the last day of your life and you're going to die and it's going to take you out. But if you can just take one step more, if you can just take one more breath, if you can just, um, take that, that next step, keep showing up. You have no idea. You have no idea what God has for you because if you could just wait a minute, if you could just keep taking one step after the other, you have no idea the beauty that is, is waiting for you. You have no idea the growth and the, the life that God has for you on the other side. Because if, if we were to have just ended it there and I will say that I, had never had suicidal thoughts before, but right after she went to heaven, I just had these thoughts of, gosh, if who cares? Like I'm driving by myself. If I were to just drive off the road mm -hmm. and it, my, my husband would be fine. My kids would be fine. Everyone would be fine. I just want to be, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I want to mm -hmm. be with Lenya. And I just want to say, if you could just wait, if you could just stop in your tracks for a second, no matter what the pain is, no matter what, whether it was self-inflicted or if it was inflicted on you or if it was an accident or whatever, just wait a second. And God has so much for you. He has beauty for you. He has a life that um, is full of, of growth and and flourishing and greenery. If you could just take the next step and you may not see it, you may still see the, 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 the bland, uh, black and white video, but if you could just take a next step and then the next step and the next breath and wake mm. up in the morning. And as much as you don't want to show up, if you could just show up and you, you could just be there for your kids and be there for your friend and be there for your 
um, your husband, you're going to see slowly God just bring that color in and bring the vibrancy and that sweetness and that times of refreshing to a weary soul. And so that's my heart. And I just love the splash zone. And I just mm. pray that no matter what you're going through, that, that you would just see the splashes of color in the midst of a bleak situation. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you so much for joining us in the Splash Zone. This is one of my favorite episodes. I'm like, oh my gosh, the Lord just speaking through you. And, and you know, it's it's so interesting because it's it's like, I don't know how people can get through anything like this without a relationship with Jesus. That's right. They yes. can't. And and so, you know, your story is just so beautiful. And I do encourage the listeners that if they don't know Jesus, yes. just, you know, there isn't a prayer that you have to pray. You just have to have a conversation with your father in heaven who loves yes. you so much mm -hmm. and just wants the best for you. And tell him, I don't know who you are. Tell him whatever's mm -hmm. whatever you're feeling. But, you know, if you're real, show me who you are because I am in this place. I am in this valley of death and I don't know what to do. But I believe in who you are. I believe you are the creator. And, um, and that you created me and that you love me enough to send your son, Jesus, to die on that cross Amen. to save me from eternal Amen. damnation. So, um, well, Jenny, thank you so story. much for joining us. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Shalene and Barbara, for having you. me. What a joy. Thank you so much. And tell honestly. the family I said yeah. hi until Talks we see everybody. you in Montana or you're in L.A. <laughs> With my yes. little trailer, yes. my, my little vintage trailer. That's right. We'll just keep <laughs> yes. splash, splashing the love. Yes. Thanks, Jenny. Yeah. Take Bye, care. Jenny. Love you. Bye. Bye. So, buddy, you know, I know today that there are people listening who are in times of trouble. And perhaps they're traveling right now through a valley or they need some help. And I just really feel that like that verse talks about God is our refuge and our strength. Mm -hmm. And he really is, as Jenny was sharing, an ever present help in our time of trouble. I just wasn't realizing that that help was coming from people he created mm -hmm. And that we need to remember that it's not just about splashing information on people right. or wisdom or the Bible verses that we know or the music. When you're in a situation like this, you just need to splash your presence. Yeah. And up. I love yeah. that she said that. It makes me look at it so differently. Differently. Yeah. I know there there are, you know, people that that you see and you know they're struggling. And I mean, I am um, so guilty of this, um, knowing that they're having a difficult time and I want to go see them or I want to go and you find yourself too busy or you don't know what, you know, there's always that, that place in your mind where, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it the next day. And then the next day comes and you're still not doing it. And you know, it's, um, it's the spirit calling you. It's the spirit calling you to go and, and, um, splash a little love on them. Yeah, in your presence. And in your presence. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for listening. We love and appreciate you joining yeah. us here in the Splash Zone. And until till next time. Until next time. Splash it up. Big cannonball, guys. Let's <laughs> go for it. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.